Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Hope you guys are doing well, staying safe, and are pretty healthy. I wanted to extend my gratitude by saying thank you for tuning in and listening. It means a lot because I know you have so many other podcast options you can go to. So it's a dope privilege and honor that you're back here with me inside the advisory booth. And this verse is sponsored by none other than Point Advisor Merch. So do yourself a favor. Grab your friend, yourself, your family, your spouse, a hoodie or a shirt. And you can do that by going to my Instagram homepage. The link is in my bio. Click on the shop tab. Full access to the store right there. This next guest, man, I can say so much for verse five. Uh, very talented individual who has so much experience in this field of sports psychology. And that's none other than my good friend, Mario Soto. Delivers it smoother than Froyo, but since it's wintertime, smoother than hot cocoa. All jokes aside, Mario provides incredible service, his energy, the way he cares about his players and his clients, both professional, collegiate, young and old, first responders, anybody related to performance, he helps you understand the crucial aspect of the mental side. So without further ado, I'm going to let Mario speak to you. Hey, it's amazing. On, it's amazing when technology actually works and you don't mess it up. You get out yes, of way. It is. The audio looks good. I mean, the audio sounds good. The visual looks good. How's your day going so far? You know what? Um, I, I <laughs> COVID has really thrown a loop in everybody's uh, life. For and sure. this is probably, in the years I've been doing this, the busiest I've ever been. That's a good thing to have. It sounds like a good problem to have. Well, you know what? It's a double-edged sword. And I'm going to be honest because while my love and joy is what it is that I do, Right. And it's helping people in their performance. There is a sadness that comes with the reality of where we are and the fact that so many people are suffering. Right. And right. so we're not just talking now about performance relative to sport. We're really talking about performance relative to uh, helping people deal with the pain of their surroundings. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's real because I'm going to tell you. I'm, I have found myself more times um, this year where I, I've been emotional. Yeah. And, it, you know, my kids will say, well, dad, you cry, and, you know, for, for anything, especially when it, it's something personal related to family. But, you know, you, you, you just, you, must, you can't be living and breathing if you're not uh, affected by what's happening in the world. Right. But for me, it's it's been this has been a very challenging year, and and uh, yeah, it's it's tough. And I don't say that for me. I just say that because my heart goes out to all the people who are experiencing pain and maybe don't have access to people like myself or just anybody to talk to. Right. No, I think it's a very valid point. I think it's a a very humbling reality, and hopefully, people are doing the best. Um, with the resources they have, like you just said, to make yeah. sure that they're getting proper care, not only from a performance side, but really, like you said, it really connects with the emotional and just everyday life and everyday human side. Um, with with that being kind of the, a great intro, I want to introduce Mario Soto, um, sports psych consultant, owns his own business and consulting business and works also still with Cal Baptist University. Is that correct? Well, I'm a professor there. So, yeah. Professor I Cal Baptist University. Yes. 
And just because um, we live in the time that we do live in, neither of us have those blue verified checks. So I want you to verify yourself for the audience and let them know who you've worked with uh, on a professional level, collegiate level, and also talk about some of the chefs or the fighters. Brief, kind of brief intro about who you are, just so everybody know you're legit. Sure. And you know, that's, no, that's, that's, a, that's a legit, that is a, that, that's a valid question to open up with because, um, you know, when, when you sent me your list of questions and topics, man, there was, it's so well thought out. And so many of these things I, ta- I address with my graduate students. So yeah. first and foremost, I'm Mario Soto. I am a, an adjunct professor at Cal Baptist University in Southern California. I've had the pleasure of being a graduate student professor there, working with uh, up-and-comers who want to learn this craft called sports psychology. I've had the privilege of working with high-profile athletes, low-profile athletes, no-profile athletes, uh, Olympians, uh, professional teams, individuals uh, from a con- from a confidentiality standpoint. Right. You know, there's some that I could say, others that I can't. Absolutely. But my diversity of clients has gone from wildcard boxing, um, Amir Khan, Manny Pacquiao, people in, in that stable, right. UFC fighters. In fact, I I was I was lucky enough to have uh, Serena Softpaw uh, De Jesus, who's the only female autistic fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on 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 my in my class and talk and address my my graduate students. I've got um, Olympians from the sport sport uh, jumping world of equestrian um, show jumping. I've got um, got hockey, NBA, Major League Baseball, a lot of baseball players. Yeah, a lot of college baseball. Yeah, uh, Indiana University, Pepperdine, Mississippi State. Um, added New Mexico State to the to the family. So I you safe to say you know what you're doing. You check I, a lot of boxes and you cover a lot of surface area as one as one person. Well and yes I do and it's fascinating because some of that is has culminated into why I've been so busy this year. Yep. And so I've had to really manage myself better than I've ever had before. Yep. And so you know one of the one one of the continuous themes that I share with my students is that it's always about the work yeah and so i was fortunate enough to have who to have been brought into this field of sports psychology by arguably one of the one of the best that's ever um had that had that label associated with him and his name was the late great dr ken revisa yeah. and um, i was lucky that he was actually here in southern california in my backyard i stumbled onto him right and then he and his uh his his counterparts dr tracy statler Dr. Andrea Becker, um, Dr. Len Wersma. I was really lucky. I had such a great uh, mentoring right. by people that at the time you don't realize that, okay, they're good. But it, 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 it's kind of like parenting. You realize, you know, how lucky maybe you were right. um, to have been surrounded and taught by good people after you've had some distance separation. Yeah. So, I think in our, in our field, we like to say, the quote, iron sharp sharpens iron. And you're only gonna, you're only gonna be as good as the company you keep. Yeah. How, how good you guys are gonna be in terms of pushing each other. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to think about it as a competition. Okay, I gotta get X amount of clients or I gotta make X amount of money, but you're doing your part in terms of putting the work in so the counterparts you're working with can say, you know what? I like what that woman or man is doing. Let me elevate my game. Let me level up too and see how far we can take this thing. Well, um, with I that being... With that being a quick background, 
we only got an hour on here, so I want to try to get to as many questions as I can. Me and you know me because I like to talk. I know. Me and you talk for hours, so let me, let's get right into it. Try to stick around if you can, three minutes per question, because I want to open up the end for the for the viewers to have a Q&A with you. If you're just joining us, if you have questions, please try to hold on to the last 15 to 10 minutes. We'll get someone else answer from, from Mario himself, and then we're going to jump right into this thing. So um, what do you think is attributing to, I guess, the – the, uh, the growth around mental health, um, especially in the sports world. I know we've seen people like Meta World Peace speak on it during his championship with the Lakers. More recently, we've seen DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love. I know Michael Phelps has talked about it, Royce White. Yes. Why is there so much emphasis on mental health in sports right now? Do you think over the last decade, it's just kind of, it's kind of blown up? Well, I th you know, I think, I think for, the, for so long, we've ignored the reality that a human athlete's a human being. Yeah. And we, we put so much pressure. You know this as an ex-athlete yourself. There's so much pressure and expectation. And there's this idea that, all right, now that you're getting paid and you've made it yeah. to this pinnacle of professionalism, you got no excuses. You got nothing to be complaining about. And right. that could be, I mean, it's farthest from the truth. Just because you're making $20 million in a contract year um, doesn't mean you don't have issues. Doesn't and, and 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 in many ways, I just say the issues are just maybe wrapped in nicer, more expensive wrapping paper. But the reality right. is, you still have it, and money may bring in even a whole set of, of dragons and demons yeah. that you're not prepared for. I mean, think about how many young African American athletes. Um, and, and I think there's the, the statistics in the NFL and the NBA. You know, they're brought into this world. They've made so much money, or they've given access. And then all of a sudden, by the time they retire, the sport says, you're done. They have nothing left to show for themselves. Yeah. That's a pattern that can't be ignored and has to be addressed. So yeah. to answer your question, um, thank God for people like DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. uh, Royce White, I think, was too soon, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And let's be progressive in his approach with it. Y yes. Yes. And, you know, there's this stigma in mental health, especially for people of color. Yeah. I don't need it. There's you, there's nothing wrong with me. Or I don't want the shame and a label to be associated with me that I'm weak. Right. And we, we, as professionals, have to work at knocking down that barrier yeah. to make sure that we've earned trust, that there is a level of confidentiality. But also, listen, every team has an inner circle of coaches, assistant coaches and staff, strength and conditioning people, nutritionists, and now sports psychologists. Right. So it has become, I'm going to say not only more acceptable, but it is now part of, of the conversation. We have a seat at the table for yeah, all the for right sure. reasons. For sure. I think it kind of goes back to this old gladiator mentality. Um, and it's kind of transitioned through the, through the centuries. You know, it used to be where sport was to the death. It was a battle. It was, mm. it was, it was an onslaught of violence. And as that gradually became unacceptable, uh, mainstream society tried to figure out ways to keep that attitude alive. You see a lot of football because of the physicality of the sport. And I think a lot of people get so wrapped up that thinking the sport is real in essence it is, but it's only real to the point where the clock stops ticking and the whistle stops blowing. And people want to carry on these rivalries and traditions and hold on to them so much. Like you said, they forget that we have children, we have family, we have things we want to do and we're interested in outside of our sport mm. that make us who we are. And we'll get to that question later on um, about identity. But 
Now, I think that's I think that's a good point. Uh, the next question I had was more relative to the moment. What have you seen in terms of you talking with your clients or what you what you've seen or heard on social media as it relates to the access that there is or isn't? I know a lot of people aren't able to get in gyms. A lot of people aren't able to get with their trainers. A lot of people aren't able to stay motivated. Um, what have you told your clients during this time to keep them focused and to keep them make sure that they're pushing towards their 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 end goal? So you're talking about um, the challenges that COVID has brought on. COVID has brought, yeah. With, okay. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because every initial conversation that I've had with either existing clients or new clients, either as a team or one-on-one, I, I've, I've addressed the elephant in the room and that's COVID. I've told them, I said, listen, COVID has become the equal opportunity distractor for everyone. There isn't one person in the world that has not been affected by it. So if this is still your job or if you're a collegiate athlete and you're, you know, you're, you're there at school, you still have certain responsibilities. You, you need to find somehow, some way within yourself, um, a better way to deal with this life challenge, because at some point COVID is going to be replaced by some other life challenge. Mm -hmm. So here's an opportunity to sharpen your sword. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not trying to minimize the seriousness of what COVID is, because um, I know two people who sadly have passed away. One who happened to be one of my son's older uh, former basketball coaches. Yeah. So it's it's real, just like fear is real. Yeah. You have to take precautions. Um, but one thing you should not be doing is sitting in Netflix, Netflix binging for 12 hours because you're depressed. Right. Do something. There is always something to do and that can be done so that you are working on your craft and putting in the time. It may not be the quality of what you did before. Yeah. I, have a, I have a high level swimmer who they weren't allowed to get into their pool. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You're going to have to be creative now and tap into a, a part of you that you've never used before or haven't used as often to supplement staying in shape. Right. So that when you finally get a chance to get wet and get in the pool, you don't have that much rust rust on you. So that's been the message primarily that I've given in every initial conversation with every team. At some point, you're going to be given the green light. Yeah. And you're going to get a chance to go out and do what you love to do. People who have prepared are going to thrive. Yep. And others, most people are going to probably say, wow, um, man, this is tough. Yeah. Well, you know what? Life is tough. Facts, facts. I know a lot of people uh, who were going to even go more relevant 24 hours ago, <laughs> or maybe less than, mm. they saw the Clippers falter. And they saw, you know, that 3-1 lead that continues to be a theme in the NBA, which is pretty exciting, honestly. But a lot of people are like, well, the Clippers didn't want to be there in the first place. Or the Clippers, um, you know, they, they their mind was somewhere else. But like you're saying, if you go into something with that mindset, that defeated mindset, or I can't get better, I'm not going to be able to do what I was able to do because the fans aren't here or whatever the excuse you want to give yourself, you're only setting yourself up for that that failure, for that disappointment if you're going to hang on to these excuses because it's not like the Clippers were the only team that took a break for three months. It was the entire league. Yes. And like you said, COVID has given so many people a chance to maybe catch up because they were, you know, at a different level. While some people are watching Netflix, other people are working even harder. They're not going to the gym. They're going to the outdoor course. They're going to the blacktop. 
maybe down a swimming in the pool, maybe they're running more, you know, mm -hmm. there's always mm -hmm. a way to, to, like you said, to perfect your craft. And I'm glad you touched on that point. Well, it's interesting, you know, um, two things that come to mind. First, LeBron had, an, had stated in an interview, we're making a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna let any distractions get in the way. We have a mission, we're, we're here to do our business. I'm dead serious about it. Right. Then one of the things that one of my, one of my clients said the other day, um, when I train, my job is to continue to work on my focus and my mindset so that I impact what the other person is doing versus worrying about what may happen to me. Right. I just thought that was profound. And that that's the reason why some people make it mm -hmm. and other people who are equally as talented don't. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, this field of sports psychology is all about helping people have that perception. Yeah. It's all, a lot of the game gets lost in between the ears, man. Yes, sir. Uh, what are your thoughts on the concept of just flat out trying? There's so many people in today's society that talk and talk, man, if I had this, I could do that. Or, you know, if, if back in my day, I would have did that. But a lot of people deep down are actually afraid to try. Talk to me about the concept of trying, how important it is, no matter if it's basketball, swimming, uh, a new job, acting, you had you touched on that too so just let me, let me hear your thoughts on trying so i hate the term potential because mm -hmm. potential is over, over overrated it's over yeah. um you know you you have to in baseball you got to embrace the idea that ba the, the sport is filled with failure you know basketball you got to be willing to take the shot right even if you miss the shot to to to, to continue to um you know try and put points on the board right um, I, I had a phone call with a parent this morning of a collegiate player, and this guy has created his own, his own glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're formed by the environment that we were raised in, the, 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 the people who have influenced us, coaches, right. family, whomever. Um, um, and, and what they say or don't say has, a, has an impact in our wiring and yes. how how risk adverse we become as athletes or performers or how willing we are to take that chance mm -hmm. and not, and not think twice about it. So you have to be willing to try. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're always going to be stagnant. And that's a decision. I like it. No decision like is that. a decision. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very and true. No decision is a decision. And if you're not, you're going to be stagnant. Yeah. You're not going to, there's no way you can get growth without experiencing something that's both positive and negative. Absolutely. I, I was always told, you know, and, and I didn't, I wasn't told this growing up as an athlete. I was told later and, and it's so true. Uh, failure, failure is positive feedback. It's, it's feedback. It's, it's a, it's teachable moment. If you're not willing to fail, you're not going you to learn. Right. And so um, people who are afraid to try are probably afraid because of the insecurities of being judged. That's why yeah. when I work, especially with younger athletes, I try and work with their entire their inner circle of influence, their coaches, yeah. their parents, because what that what is said at home can absolutely destroy what it is that I've just shared in that session with them. Yeah, and I only have an athlete or a team for a finite period of time. Right, and so I'm hoping that their the seeds that I'm planting with them is going are going to be such that it's going to be cultivated and reinforced, watered and given light. Yeah, but if it's not, then you know, we basically wasted our session and you've wasted your money. Right. It seems to me that the words fear and failure have a big part in this. They're synonymous with each other. 
and you talk about that uh, reminds you talking about that reminded me of what I see in basketball. Mm. The younger generation, as time is going on, has been afraid to push themselves. Let's say, let's use defense as an example. So if somebody's guarding Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry, they might not try as hard because they don't want to get embarrassed. They don't want to get their ankles broken. They don't want to fall. I don't want to be back to fool. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or or they don't want to get dunked on because now their friends are going to make fun of them and yeah, 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 so forth, so, you know, so on and so forth. I think that's critical. I think that feeling of embarrassment, that feeling of being judged or disappointed, it has a big stigma. It has a big hold on people. What they don't realize is that if they, if they can overcome that and truly, excuse my words, not give a fuck what people think or say, now you're setting yourself up for real growth and real next level uh, mindset and way of thinking and approaching the game. Here is a beautiful example of what you just thought, you just shared. Game one of yesterday's series between Miami and Boston, the last shot, Jason, I'm trying to think of his last name. Um, he, He's, he's driving hard down the lane. He's going with everything he can to throw right. it down. It's an exclamation point. It's a right. game. He's willing to take that risk. Just happened to be blocked. And, I mean, it was it was, it was beautiful to yeah, watch. It was, it was Two titles going at it to put it all on the line yep. and come down to one play. He'd do it again. Yeah. you got. You ha- I think they both would do it again. Yes. And, and what I loved about that moment is, all right, on the scoreboard, one team won. It's 1-0. They played like it was a game seven. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, have, I have equally as much respect for both players for what they did in that moment. That's, that's, that's what trying and doing looks like. Yep. That's brilliant. I like it. I like it. Last question on that topic. And you kind of touched on a little bit. How important is it for an athlete themselves, not what their parents think, not what their mm. coaches think, not what their boyfriend or girlfriend think? How how important is it for themselves to understand their own fear and what's contributing to it, and what steps they need to take to overcome it? Okay, um, fear's real. Mm-hmm. A parent can't help a kid overcome a fear if it's a, if it is performance based mm-hmm. fear of failure, if you will. Um, it is it's it's kind of sad when I take phone calls from collegiate athletes and I've got to talk to the parents and I've got to remind the parents you're not their coach anymore. If you want your son or daughter to thrive, you got to get out of the way. Because the mind of an athlete has to be so sharp. It's like a, it's, it's like a beautiful race car, Ferrari or Lamborghini engine. Yeah. There's a lot of high maintenance and tweaking that has to continually be had in order for it to perform properly. Mm-hmm. And when you've got 80,000 people and fans who are screaming obscenities at you, yeah. um, no athlete shows up and puts on a uniform and says, I want to, I want to do poorly today. Mm-hmm. I want to do my best. You think the Clippers wanted to lay an egg yesterday? Absolutely not. They all went there with the intention. I want to do my best. Right. And it's going to bother, you know, um, those two key players, Paul George and, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out. I can't believe it. Kawhi. And Kawhi for for the entire season because they prepared for that, for that moment. Now, your adversity, your resilience comes from 
those moments and being exposed to those moments early on. Yeah. Um, we hinder a person and young athletes opportunity to learn how to grow and to develop the tools, the grit to deal with fear and put it and reframe it in its proper context. Right. Because if you're afraid of being shot, okay, that's real. That's okay. That's a different level of fear, you know, which, which I, which I deal with, with my first responders. Yeah. But if we're talking about athletics and, and we're talking about a, 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 an athlete who is fearful of making a mistake, right? That's here. Mm -hmm. And so we have to work on reframing and removing this concept of judging at all costs. Yeah. That's how it has to be addressed. But, you know, hopefully I answered the justice question. Fear is a learned behavior. Yeah, it's introduced be either because of um, a kid, a, a kid's perception of what's at, what's at stake. Yeah, or, it, or or it's being put on an emotional loudspeaker by coaches who don't know how to coach right, or parents who are too intense, and uh, the the kid just doesn't have the tools yet to be able to to understand how to process it. On the flip side of the coin of failure, how do you help your clients determine determine rather um, how they look at success and what that means to them? Oh no, that's a great question. I look. I, I tell them I don't want you to judge your performance on the same statistics that everybody else does. Do not compare yourself to what someone else is doing because you can't influence what they do, and they can't really influence what you do. You need to you need to focus on what you are putting in, what you are doing, the work every day. And if you can measure your success by your your own personal growth and development and have timelines, it's, it's you know, sports is kind of like a marathon or a series of marathons where along the way you need to have, you know, some rest stops some pit stops. Yeah. And you should check with your check in with yourself and your team at every pit stop to see how far you've come. Can I, can I be more efficient? Can I do anything different to speed it up or make the quality of this journey of this next trek better than what I just did? That's true growth. And yes. you know, we can talk about internal motivation versus external motivation, you know, things of that nature. But I tell people, if what got you here has helped you, then we're not gonna reinvent the wheel. We just need to tweak it. But if what got you here has really impacted you negatively and you're struggling and now you're seeing me, we need to be willing to reinvent the wheel, right. reinvent, revisit how you do things. And you gotta be open to it. Cause if yeah. you commit to whatever it is you're doing, you're probably gonna do okay. Yeah. And I think uh, I agree. this word of commitment, people are afraid of it. Yeah, commitment. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand exactly how detailed that process is and how strenuous that journey is and i think another thing is like they say doing the same thing over and over expecting different results is insanity so what you've done let's say to get to a collegiate level um might have worked because you were the best player in your high school but now you're joining everybody that wants the best player in high school so what are you do differently to separate yourself how are you going to gain the trust not only of your teammates but of your coach so that they can feel like okay you know what this kid is ready um yeah. With in doing that, you mentioned work a lot. Work, work. We talked about work ethic later. I mean, earlier. Um, what does work ethic look like in your perspective? Uh, I know as athletes, we see it as one thing. We're doing it, but sometimes we get so caught up in our own you know, our own shit that 
maybe we're not as good as we think we are, or maybe we're not as working as hard as we should be. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big believer of you should be working for yourself, not selfishly, but in terms of if you really want to achieve something, if you really want to reach that goal, it shouldn't have to be told to you every single day, not by your coach, not by your parents, not by your loved ones. If you really say you're about this life of want to be a professional in any field, again, athlete, first responder, whatever, you have to respond to the call within yourself. Mm. I love that. It's beautifully stated. Yes. So uh, I did a baseball talk with a college team uh, last week and um, we did, we do a debrief and it was, it was, you know, Hey, you know, I, I know last year was cut short um, for a variety of reasons, COVID included. Um, you didn't accomplish what you wanted to. So now we've got n- new players, freshmen, transfers, et cetera, but we've got some of the veterans who are back. And so I have the veterans address the team and say, this is, these are the expectations that we need of you newbies coming in. And so one of my graduate students in the debrief had, had brought up the idea, well, coach, have you ever asked, because I know I experienced this as an athlete that I thought I was doing things differently from year to year, but at come my senior year, once I graduated, I realized I was doing the same damn thing over and over again. <laughs> have you ever posed that question to the veterans, the juniors yes. and seniors? What are you gonna do now that you've been here three, four years, you're vested. What are you gonna do differently to lead by example? And I thought to myself, I've been doing this how many years and I haven't asked that question? To the veterans. Yeah. So to your point, um, you have to be willing to, I, I, I use this term, the scouting report. Know what your strengths are, know what your weaknesses are, and be very honest about it. Mm-hmm. The perfectionist is always going to have more on their weakness column than their other strengths. You, you can't be exceptional what you do if you don't have confidence. Yeah. So I need a little bit of a shift, and this is where I'm talking to parents now. You must address confidence in your kids, and you need to be more of a cheerleader than the, the judge, jury, and, and yeah. executioner. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's that's part of what's wrong with today's youth sports world. Right. Now, fast forward to high school, college. You still need that moxie. You do. You ain't going to get it at the last minute. Yep. And you're not going to get it from coaches because they're grown-ass men who are expecting, or women who are expecting you to do your job. And yep. if you haven't been taught that up to this point, well, you, you, got, you got some growing up to do. Yeah. And so it comes down to pride. It comes down to um, how badly do I want this? What are the sacrifices I'm willing to make every day? That's the word. Commitment. And if not, you're going to get found out. Yeah. A lot of my my high school teammates, a lot of my high school friends, um, I used to always be gone. I was never around. People were like, what what, is this dude a loner? Like, what is wrong with this guy? (laughs) He doesn't come to the high school parties. He barely made it to prom, you know, he doesn't come and hang out. Like this dude is always at the gym and they thought I was weird, but fast forward to the last couple of years and I've been getting reached out randomly by people like, man, you know, I didn't understand what you were doing in high school. I didn't understand why you were so isolated and why you were always working out. But now that I'm grown and I'm into my career, I totally get it. And like, man, I applaud you. It's amazing to see that you were willing to sacrifice being cool or being popular at that time of our life where that's the thing to do yeah. to pursue and, and really go after your dream. So I think what you said, sacrifice, it speaks a lot and that's gonna be with you, not only from high school, it's, it's at every level. And again, how bad do you want it? 
There is a level of maturity that everyone has to go through. It's part of this journey. And where you are on your path is where you belong. Right. Okay? It may not be where you need, you should be, but it is, it, it, it is what it is. And um, I know at the age of 18, I know how badly I wanted to be successful. I was hoping it was going to be through sports. It wasn't. Yeah. But I always knew in the back of my mind, I was going to do something. And so I see that same passion in every face of every person who is in an audience that I'm privileged to speak to. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a reason why the sport finds people out and filters people out and why this person gets cut versus this person. Sometimes it's talent. Sometimes it's emotional maturity um, or lack thereof. Uh, It could be a variety of circumstances. Again, here's life. At some point, you need to be willing to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah. Which most people never want to say. Yeah. And, and then acknowledge that and then say, I'm going to commit to better and yeah. then follow through on it. Yeah. That's, you know, that formula right there is why businessmen are successful. Yeah. yeah. Why executives manage, get to the boardroom. Why women become entrepreneurs of multi-million dollar business. Why they break the stereotype. Right. Right. And for me, and I, I know we've talked about this off, off camera, um, I hate stereotypes. Yeah. We either allow ourselves to fall into that label, which is bullshit. Yeah. Or we can prove to others what we know inside to be true. Yeah. That's a choice. Yeah. I, I, I talked about that in essence on one of my animated videos trying to help these players understand the transition overseas. And I said, sometimes you might have to start at a low level with low money. But don't view it as a as a tombstone. View it as a stepping stone. Yes. Because you can have that moment in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not that good, but I can be if I do X, Y, and Z. Next question is, in that presence of mind of, let's say the work ethic is established, you're knocking everything out, weight rooms, film session, individual work, training, diet, you're doing everything right. But when it comes to the actual moment, it does not transfer or it does not translate. How do you help athletes, professionals with that experience, that whatever that barrier is where they, man, this is, he looked great in practice the whole week. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, she came Saturday and she wasn't, she wasn't who she was. That tends to happen a lot when we care so much about how we perform or how we're perceived, how we're looked at. Yeah. We have this gene inside of us that is the judgment gene. Yeah. And we're we're too hyper-focused on the wrong thing. And so the light becomes brighter, the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every little thing becomes even more subjectively critical. And instead of just playing and freeing yourself to play or perform, um, you you're you're inside your head so badly that you're 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 sabotaging yourself. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's not the game who's doing it. Mm-hmm. You're adding to the opponent. Yeah. And you're giving your power away. So how do I help them? We 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 will sit and we'll replay that. We'll we'll work on visualization so you can see yourself actually do what you're there to do, and then we'll also bring in what if scenarios. Um, what if you have a hiccup? 
baseball. What if that first pitch is a 400 foot rocket off the bat? Right. Where it exited the park and it's, you know, it's about to hit Mars. Yeah. That's a, that's a humbling feeling. Yeah. Guess what? Again, you, it comes back to the question you had about trying. Mm-hmm. You got to be willing to try. Yeah. It's going to happen. Now, how are you going to deal with that perception of failure? Okay. That's information. It's knowledge. It's not your identity. It's not your entire biography or autobiography of sport that you're going to be judged at and only looked at. You know, yes. the Bill Buckner thing where he bobbled the, the ground ball. Yeah. Um, that one play did not did not create the loss. Let me let me give the audience a little bit more relevant. It's not the J.R. Smith where the clock, you know, he yes. was clocking. <laughs> oh, he I know he should have known that. But yeah. that's not that's not his that's not his biography. That's right. not his entire body of work. It's a small page in that chapter. Mm-hmm. He's still playing. Right. You know, we, we have to look, learn to, to embrace life and in its totality and see what sport really is. Yeah, yeah it's your job. But it's not who it's not you. Right. Me and my uh one of my good friends who I had on here, he's a he's a he's a G League assistant coach, a uh, very up and coming, well known NBA skills trainer, and I talked to him and asked him the same question, like, you'll have a client who in the drills, when you're doing it in the summer, oh man, he's making a hundred threes. He's making all these step backs. He's spending, then when he gets in between the lines and the lights are on, the fans are watching, it's like he's a shell of himself. I'm like, how do you deal with that? And he was like, man, I just try to, I try to highlight, like you said, his superpower. What does he do well day in and day out? Focus on that and then little by little, Okay, once you feel comfortable, try one move tonight. If it works, great. Let's try it again the next night. And if it works again for that whole week, okay, do it two times next game. There you go. He told me it's a it's a step by step, you know, ladder by ladder, Lego by Lego building block system until the whole foundation completes itself. So um I, I use the term it's a lab experiment. Let's remove the 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 subjective um uh, uh, scoring or 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 emotions associated with the result of the experiment. Yeah. With every experiment, you you tweak a variable because I want to see. All right, we got we got this result today. I'm going to tweak the variables tomorrow to kind of see what'll be different. It's science. If we can learn to treat our performance as a little bit of a chemistry lab, and let's just let's just we'll, we'll try this this week. If it works good. We'll tweak it and we'll add a little bit more, but then we'll try it again. Let's see how you're growing. There's no emotion attached to it. It's just plain black and white. Yeah. If we can start looking at our performance the same way, we'll get out of our own way and we'll grow faster and we'll get better faster. This is great. This is kind of pushing it right along, right along the alley in the lines. I wanted to finish, finish up these last few questions. With. Okay. Um, how do you deal with, those athletes like myself who have faced some very, very tough injuries, potentially career ending injuries who come to you asking for help and guidance. Um, what's some of the things you notice with those athletes that, okay, you know, right away they're, they're struggling. Well, you know, sadly, um, we as individuals, we as human beings have a shelf life yep. and there's, and there's an expiration date mm-hmm. for athletes they have an earlier expiration date. Mm-hmm. And 
um, it's real hard to embrace that reality. And you may think I got another seven years before my milk spoils. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we get an injury. Yeah. And that expiration date now has come to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's, there, there is a death within us yeah. that we have to grieve and go through that process to then be, to make room for the rebirth. Mm-hmm. Because the entire person and body and mind and spirit and athlete doesn't have to die that day. It's just a small part of us. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a huge part of our time and our, and our, and our calendar, if you will. Yeah. But that does not define who you are. That's why for me, I work, I work, I don't, I don't know if I want to use the term holistic, but I look at the balanced human being. Yeah. Because, you know, we'll take you for instance. The sport and basketball was a big thing for you, yeah. but it wasn't just who Carlin Brown was or mm-hmm. is. You're a husband, you're a father, you have this, this incredible knowledge of this sport that was so good to you, that you invested so much of yourself in, that now you, because you've embraced and you've gone through the grieving process, what might be possible, and you've reinvented yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I'm looking forward to reversing the roles in a week or two where I get to interview you and what you do um, because now you see the bigger picture and now you're back still in sports and still in the sport that was good to you and you're giving back in a different way and it's paying you. Yeah. So that's where I think we need to, we just need to embrace certain realities. We're not Superman. That first injury immediately says, oh my God, I got crimped tonight. Mm-hmm. Is it going to keep coming in droves or how am I going to deal with this? Hopefully it teaches you to be smarter, that there is, there is growth in what it is that you, that you do and how you approach things. But this injury like COVID will be replaced by something else in life. Yeah. So how you attack it, how you choose to deal with it says a lot about who you will be as a man or a woman. Yeah. Not an athlete. I think a lot of times we, fail to realize a lot of what we're going through is temporary, both positive and negative. It's, yes. it's very temporary. And like you said, when you're dealing in a world of athletics where it's all about the younger, the the faster, the jump higher, the more explosive, you're right. Your shelf life does become more real and you got to maximize and be willing to be okay with that and say, you know what? Yeah, there may be somebody younger coming in that may be coming, coming from my spot. Let me re let me reinvent the wheel. Let me uh, be more innovative, retrade myself, so I can finish out what I started at the highest level. Yes. Now, going on from that, I got I think two or three more questions. I'm going to let it go for Q and A. Um, and I think you've been kind of slowly talking about this, and each one of the answers. How do you help us athletes, or even your your professionals, first responders, separate the athlete experience? from the human experience. Because like you said, mm. the athlete experience, yeah, it may be three decades. If you want to say I've been playing since I was five and you know, then I retired at 35. However, you still have to think the average lifespan is 60 plus years, 70 plus years. So what do you do for the other 30, 35 years? And you know, you can go home and take the shoes and the jersey off. You can put it in the laundry. You can't take your skin color off. You can't take what you're going through off. How do you help us separate that identity crisis. Okay, I'm just an athlete because this is all I know. 
this is why I hate stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I think I, I remember hearing Michael Irvin, former great Dallas Cowboy wide receiver, say, you know, without sports, we can't get out of the hood. Yeah. It was something along those. And I, I hated that. Yeah. I hated that because you're giving in to the mindset that is a limited belief that the, the only accessible means of becoming successful in today's world for kids in the inner city, regardless of your color, is sports. Mm-hmm. And that's bullshit. Yeah. So, so that's flaw number one. Um, to, and, and, it's, and it still resonates with me. And this is years ago, many yeah. years ago, he said it. Um, you know, we are who we are. We are complex. We have multiple chapters that are of interest to the world. We got to be willing to write and spend time making those words on that page stand out. Yeah. So um, injuries like retirement and and for for the average Joe um, is a tough time in their life unless they prepared for it. Yeah. You know, they prepare for life after fire or life after basketball or life after whatever it is. But you said life is temporary. What we're going through is temporary. You need to think objectively long-term. Yeah. I know from a saving standpoint, my family never had a lot of money so that we never planned to save. We were never savers. It was, you know, pay to credit, put it on credit card. Well, damn, we're barely paying off the interest. You know, it's a mindset that we weren't exposed, that we were exposed to. I think sports in in a way is is the same. We need to understand there is more to us than just sport. It's yes. not our identity. It's what we do. And we need to prepare to be a better human being, a better father, a better husband, whatever it is. So how do we do that? You separate, you compartmentalize. Yes. When you put on a uniform, okay, you're a gladiator. You need to go do what you need to do. Yeah. And I know with, with, you know, with kids who sometimes go to private schools or Catholic schools, or they tell them, I need for you to be Christ-like from 7 to 2, and then all of a sudden, come 3 o'clock, I got practice. I'm supposed to be the asshole, <laughs> you know? And it's fascinating because as funny as that is, you'd be shocked at how many kids struggle because they want to be kind. They don't want to hurt somebody. Yeah. Well, as you go up the performance period, a pyramid, and you see the expectations put on you, they don't want. They don't want Christ coming in here. Nah, you gotta be a savage. Let me. You where's your thug? Where's your evil twin? Yeah. So, yeah. so we've got to learn that as we make that transition and transformation, it's what we do. But as you come back to stepping off the lines, then you understand. Okay, now I can be who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's some athletes who don't do that well. I think. I think what helped me obviously us having our relationship and me working with you, but like fatherhood helped me realize that basketball really isn't really isn't mm-hmm. a lot. It really doesn't mean much. You know, I could win every NBA championship. I could be an all-star for decades, like whatever the case may be, but I didn't grow up with a, with a father that was in the home and that I could rely on. And that was always there. You know, the thing you want, the ideal relationship you want. Sure. So it's like, when I look at my son, it's like, man, if I can do for him what wasn't done for me, I'm a success. I don't give a damn what nobody says. If my son loves me, respects me, and I've helped him not become who he is, but I've given him a template, an example to hopefully work towards and then be better than, 
oh shit, I don't care what happened to basketball. I'm the man. Um, so I, I thank you for that. Last but not least, two last questions. Okay. Um, a lot of my followers are overseas. The overseas lifestyle is very challenging. It's rewarding, but very challenging. A lot of these players, both men and women are over there, nine, 10 months of the season. If they're not married, they're there alone or they're with their teammates who they don't really know. They're learning as they go. What advice, any tips, any mental apps, books, documentary recommendations you have for them to continue on their journey to push them towards their optimal performance and on the other side, not get too low or to this dark place because you're missing family and friends. Any recommendations or advice on that? Well, really quick. first and foremost, wake up and go to bed with an appreciation for who you are and what you get to do. Mm -hmm. That'll help you put, kind of put you hopefully in a better place. Regardless if you're sitting on a bench, you're getting paid. Yeah. You, you mean, let's embrace you mean. that. You're, let's, let's be grateful for the things we have. Because yes. in today's world, it's really easy to go to the dark place and say, uh, you know, this is terrible, this is terrible, I ain't got this, what, yeah. whatever. We need to take care of what's happening here, what's happening here. You're probably already physically taking care of your body, but we need to take care of our emotions, our spirit, and what we and the thoughts that come in. Yeah. So just like a nutritionist, a dietitian, shout out to your wife, um, who helps people understand hey, I need to, I, you need to eat better. You need to take better care of here. Right. You need to have the right mental nutrition. Yes. So are you part of the problem and are your thoughts adding to the problem? Or are you learning how to filter your thoughts so that what you allow in and to stay parked in your head is picking you up and making you feel good and giving you opportunities um, where other people are passing them up mm -hmm. because of that drama. Um, number two, I say get immersed in the culture yeah spend time going to museums you're yeah. giving a ch you're being you're being given a chance to see the world to learn about other cultures to make you a better person right on someone else's dime right use that don't stay locked in at home don't get into the you know the the, the darkness of depression because yeah. you don't speak the language yeah man there's so much on the internet to be able to educate yourself even if you only have a high school degree, don't let Absolutely. that be the limiting factor. Go out and learn. Absolutely. Because now you will bring that to your page of that chapter you're writing of your life. Right. And you can share that with somebody else. It makes you more valuable human being. Yeah. I asked that question because over the last five years, there's been, there's been about three to four known suicides from male uh, overseas basketball players. Mm. Where, you know, they're found hanging themselves in their room and stuff like that. But I think it goes, and I, I don't want to assume I know everything, as I don't, but I think it goes to the, the mindset, like you said, whatever you're feeding yourself on a daily basis, positive self-talk, what you watch, what you read, what you eat, people you're spending time with. That one. Going people out you're spending time with. Immersing yourself in the culture is a great way to do it. So I, I thank you for sharing that. Last question, I'm going to let the viewers, whoever's left, ask the questions. Um, what advice would you give a young woman or a young man who wants to enter into the field in which you work and which you're able to teach in this sports psychology realm? What advice would you give to them looking for resources or how to start? Uh, read. There's there's a ton of stuff out there on sports psychology. Um, there are two books that I, three books that I try and expose my students to. The first one is Mind Gym by Gary Mack. Yep. The second yeah, one is... 
The second one is Heads Up Baseball by my late professor, Dr. Ken Revisa. Uh-huh. It's it's a it's you can remove baseball and substitute life or soccer or any sport for it. Right. Excuse me. And the third one is Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Ger- by uh, Dr. Frankel, Victor Frankel. Yes, Dr. Frankel. Yep. That book really puts things in perspective. It makes you remind it reminds you that life is precious. Yeah. What we get to do today becomes our masterpiece, and yes. we all have 24 hours with which to mold this clay yep. and create this this piece of art. Yep. Now, um, how we choose to do it and and the passion we bring to it or the anger, it's a choice. Right. It comes down to a choice. So for students who want to do this, um, understand what it is. It's not the it's not, excuse my language, it's not the hot chick on the block that everyone wants to date. Okay? Because <laughs> that chick may not be right for you. Right. You know, everyone thinks it's really cool because you get a chance to work with all these teams. I want to work with the Lakers. I want to work with the New York Giants. Um, be careful what you ask for. Right. I tell my students, I said, there are two jobs that I went in. First one was with the Lakers that I didn't even know it was a job interview. Mm-hmm. But three hour, you know, hour and a half into a three hour conversation with all the staff, I, I remember turning to the head coach like, this is like a job interview. I thought we were having lunch and we we're going to talk. Right. <laughs> he says, why do, you, why do you think I brought you in? Right. So there are opportunities that have come and I'm glad I didn't get or I didn't take yeah. because it allowed me to feel more validated in what I'm doing, how I do things, and that I chose the right profession for me. But this was not my first rodeo. Yeah. I've lived and I've failed and I've, I, have, I have traveled the globe doing a variety of different things before I finally got here. Mm-hmm. And those experiences have helped me be who I am. And yeah, I'm not going to use the term success, but I'm doing okay. Right. And right. yet every year I try and reinvent myself. I owe it to me. I owe it to my mentors. I owe it to the, to the field. I owe it to the graduate students, which is why I teach again. Yeah. So be a student of life, be a student of sports, um, go coach, go volunteer. So you can learn how to interact with challenging personalities. Right. Maybe that eight year old who's doing a temper tantrum and, and can't control their emotions to the parent who is belligerent and needs to be given a timeout, yeah. um, you know, to learning strategy. Cause if you can understand that, then you'll be able to take a step back and have some empathy for the role that every, all three of those people, those many populations, the athlete, the parent and the coaches, what they go through. Yeah. Cause I like that. Cause our job is to help them. It's right. not about us. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's all the questions I got for you today. <clears throat> really great insight, really great perspective. I love brought a, brought a smile to my face as usual. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in, jumping in and out of, of the IG live for anybody that's still around. Do you have any questions specifically for Mario? You can, you can put them in the question box right there next to the comments. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys a couple minutes to come up with those questions. If not, then we'll wrap it up. But I uh, hope you enjoyed this, man. I, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. This was, this was fun. Um, yeah, no. And, and, and as always, I have so much respect for who, for, for you, for who you were, who you were as an athlete, but more, more so who you are as a human being. And I'm, ex- I'm even more excited for what you're doing with yourself. And like I said, I, I want us to, uh, 
I want us to reverse the roles because I yeah, want the world to know what you're okay. doing with so the question here is, is the question here is I work with the college wrestling team who may or may not have a season. How can I help them show up mentally for practice? Oh, listen, it may if not we, just be he said, he said if we even do have practice. Yeah. It it may not be just wrestling. Yeah. You know? Um I I think that's where we need to be the um the inspirational coach. That's where we have to go in and make sure that they are doing something on their on their own, that they're staying eligible. Because again, as a college, as most college athletes, sports is everything to them. Yep. It is more of their identity than than grades. Yeah. So so let's you know let's let's as a buddy of mine would say let's not get it twisted. It, that's who they are, mm -hmm. and so we need to speak to that and remind them if you don't stay eligible should and will you know should the day come and when the day comes when we can finally get a chance to get you on the mat um you're gonna be on the outside looking in and you're right. gonna live a life of regret that is probably the <clears throat> most painful word that any of us can ever allow to seep into our dna and that's regret yeah so if your job is a collegiate is being a collegiate athlete then do your job right do your job always being prepared sharpen the sword Forge it when you can, but make sure that that weapon is ready for use so that when you are said, okay, we can go to battle, you know what to do. Yeah. The next question is more of a, he wants you to go back and see your memory box and see if you can re replicate the quote. My guy, Courtney said, can you repeat what you said about not worrying about the opponent and making them worry about you? He can't yes. remember what you said. No, I, I, I trust me. I wrote that down too. Cause I was like, good. <laughs> She just said that. That's good. Um, you, you have control of you. This is your instrument. And the, you know, if you have a golf club or uh, whatever you have in your hands, or, that's an extension of who you are. That is what you have control of. How you use it, how well you use it, um, how much confidence you bring or don't bring. And so, you, it, because confidence is so fragile, your job is to continue to work on tipping the scales in your favor. Yeah. And so we've got to keep feeding and adding weight to this confidence side of the scale. Mm -hmm. And what you think and how you approach things will either add to this or give away power to your opponent. Yep. So focus your attention on what you are there to do, what your intention is, and don't and and and, and give less attention to what that person may do to you. You know, um you do a scouting report with every team offense there's you know they they want to they want to know what the strengths and weaknesses of the opponent is well if you focus more on your strengths you're going to impact and you're going to force that other team to have their first time out to make yeah. the adjustment do do you so well yeah that you force them the opponent to do the adjustment yeah i can't remember who it was it was an nba player i think somebody it was during an interview somebody asked them you know what do you think about guarding so-and-so? And I know he's having a great season so far. And he's like, that's, that's great. But don't forget, he got to guard me too. <laughs> he got to guard me too. So yes, we're going yes. we to let, it, we gonna let the, the showdown speak for itself. But I, I agree 100%. I think obviously there's a work ethic component to it. The more reps you do at something, of course, the more confident you're going to be. Correct. But now, how do you level up? And how do you continue to add little small tweaks to keep getting better and better? Last question. Because we got a minute, so we got to answer this within 25 seconds, all right? 
Okay. What would your approach be working with combat sport athletes who are resistant to a sports psych during these COVID times? Um, I, that's an awesome question. Great question. We need to remove the barrier of what sports psychology is and what sports psychology isn't. Okay. Cause, cause our combat athletes are, you know, they're, they're full of ego. Yep. Men and women. So let's remove the ego. I'm a coach. They, you refer to me as coach Mario, you know, um, my job is to serve the, 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 the team. You got 10 seconds left. Sorry, Mario. To answer so, no, that's all right. So you talk to him, you say, listen, no one makes it to the top by themselves. I'm here to help you. End of story. There's nothing wrong with you. I'm not here to judge you. There's no flaws. We all have stuff we need to work on. You either choose to get better or you don't. That's it. Thank you again for your time. If you guys want to find more of him, check him out. Follow him on Instagram. I can't thank you enough, man. I had a lot of fun. Have a good uh, this, is, this is a kick. It was a kick indeed, my friend. Thank you for coming on again. Really love what you do, and I appreciate you more than you know. And uh, hopefully you guys appreciate him the same. Because I told you beforehand it was going to be a plethora of information. He has a well of experience. And, uh, man, he dropped so many gems, diamonds, rubies, gold. However you want to define the treasure in this in this verse, I uh, hope you were able to take some notes and uh, have something to fall back on to apply whenever you hit that fork in the road, whenever you come up against adversity, a mountain, through success and failure, because we all experience it, not just athletes, not just fire uh, fighters and police officers, but even chefs, even everybody else in between in a performance-based reality. So if you want to learn more about Mario's business and what he does, how he serves his clients, you can go to www.mariosoto.com or you can find him on Instagram at mariosportsdoc for more information. That is it for me and Mario for verse five. Stay tuned for verse six for another great guest. And until then, you guys stay safe, stay healthy, protect one another, be smart, don't be selfish, and um, it's always love this way. Go on.